0: Welcome back to Spousal Privilege, episode six, Six, talking about the American Season 1, Episode 9, Safe House.
1: That's right. And how did you feel about this episode?
0: I did not like it.
1: You did not like it? Uh, do you want to, I don't think we have any follow-up. No. Before we get into, so we can, we can kind of get straight into it?
0: I will just say, I greatly apologize for being super duper tired and sounding like Rayman.
1: <laughs> you talking about last time on the that's last your, episode? That's your follow up.
0: That's my follow up for yeah, yeah, being you, super sleepy.
1: In in my desire to not be the only one talking on the show, I am. I try to be extra uh, sensitive to times when I'm editing and I see that that my track is like doing all the talking and Michelle's track is just one big long silence. And so uh, I, and I think I even gave you some hard hard time while we were recording.
0: Yeah, I'm sure
1: that wasn't very nice of me, but uh, it's only because this, I don't want this. This isn't my show. This is our show. So it's, it's only in a desire for you to be included.
0: And you know, my relationship with sleep. (laughs) it's important yes it is
1: one of your one of your best friends
0: yep i did not like this episode i'll say it again okay that was that was all for follow-up
1: so that's follow-up we haven't heard from anybody i I checked Uh, there's we haven't so as of right now well we know at this point that we have one listener
0: yes hi hi beth
1: yeah just in case she, she she doesn't watch the americans so that's not why uh she is my aunt and uh, and despite our lack of promotion i uh, i finally let it slip on a text message to her that uh, that we were doing the show so she was uh, was listening last night and despite having no knowledge of the americans apparently she was she was finding our interaction uh, fun to listen to so so at least, at least there's that.
0: Maybe it'll encourage her to watch the show.
1: Well, I I would hope so. That is kind of the idea. Hopefully, uh, uh, I mean, you know, you didn't like this episode, but I think on the whole, we would definitely, as we're nearing the end of season one, uh, I think we're we're definitely going to keep watching.
0: Season three is about to come out. Season four
1: okay, is about gracious. to come out. Yeah, we got to play some catch up. Behind. That's right. It's uh, it's the end of February as we're recording this, and I think we've got a we've got a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, I think, until the uh, new season starts. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the plot on this episode, or you just want to jump into what you didn't like about it?
0: All of it. Well, it's oh start- well. I
1: know I know why you didn't like the beginning, but go ahead and explain.
0: Right. Okay. So I don't like the didn't like the beginning. That set the bad tone for me. The fact that so it opens up and the Philip and Elizabeth and their kids, Paige and Henry, um, having a little family meal of chicken, whatever, and fried chicken, fried chicken. They Apparently, would, they the wouldn't second like to night have in chi-
1: the fried chicken for every meal. Was it like the Colonel? Is that why they were making a big deal out of it?
0: I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't paying that much attention. It seemed like it had been a couple nights that they've had this in a row or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anywho. So, Elizabeth, I think she's the one that starts to talk and say, you know, well, we have, we have some news for you. You're, and You're pregnant. Right. The daughter immediately thinks pregnant is like,
1: You're too old to have a baby.
0: You're ancient.
1: You're an old piece of crap. So
0: and so's mom is like super old and she's having like a baby. and You're like older than dirt.
1: She did say that. Yeah, she literally said older than dirt, didn't she?
0: I don't think so. No, I think she did. Did she? <laughs> I, mean, oh, yeah, I just made that up.
1: No, I think she said older. Than, she said something like that older than dirt or older than. You no, know, I'm pretty sure that's what she said.
0: Mm, we'll have to wait, You're ancient, that. Maybe did she say something more like you're that? Ancient?
1: To Elizabeth's credit, she didn't immediately reach across the table and slap her across the face.
0: I would have. But, of course, I'm old. Anyway.
1: Not for another week.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> but we're not, we won't talk about that? No. Michelle is currently 39. That's Correct. all anybody <laughs> needs to know.
0: I get to join the... The four-year-olds in is a the, few weeks. No, this
1: is the first and last time we will discuss Michelle's, <laughs> Michelle's age on the podcast. She is currently 39. Yes. So, if we never talk about it again, that means that that's that's all that's on record.
0: <laughs> and yes, as a 39-year-old, I wanted to say blowy in the first episode. That's That's what I am as a 39-year-old.
1: I think that's, I mean... <laughs> that's one of the things that I love about you. So that's, okay. that's not, uh, you know, our, we are forever young. Okay. Just like Rod Stewart.
0: If only we could play that. Any who. <laughs> Without some gun. Kind we of weird. It's not moral. a very good song.
1: So I don't, of all the things <laughs> that we've, we, we reference and we don't play. That's not one I think we have to feel bad about. In fact, it's a pretty terrible song. It's, it's kind of a great example of just, Shitty pop music.
0: Quiz question.
1: Also an example of a shitty Mel Gibson movie.
0: Was that what I was going to like reference? Like <laughs> what movie was that from? I don't <laughs> think. Where that it played in?
1: I don't know that they used it in that movie, but the, but the movie, he he was in that terrible movie titled Forever Young.
0: Okay. I don't think he, they used it in that movie, but there is a movie in the 80s, I know. They use Forever Young.
1: Oh well our one our one listener, Beth, would know that. She's She
0: would. Where is Beth when you need her?
1: We told her she needed to watch the Americans because for the eighties nostalgia alone she would appreciate it.
0: I have to say that the I guess and maybe just because we didn't have answering machines in my eighties career. That was quite the ancient eighties telephone
1: message thing. That was a 70s answering machine. Oh, was it? Okay. For real. I mean, that was <laughs> like with the twisty dials or whatever. Yeah, yeah I that, didn't
0: recognize that. The I sucker. Mean,
1: granted, I mean, it's 1981 in the show, so it only makes sense that there would be things kind of left over, still in use from the 70s. Uh, as soon as we hit a new decade, we don't throw everything out and start over again. Well, today we kind of do because everything's fucking garbage and we have to buy new stuff all the time because nothing gets made to last.
0: You know what somebody said the that other was, day?
1: You, Michelle's four years <laughs> older than me, but that that is just a taste of how I will frequently sound like a super old man, even though uh, I am the younger of the two of us.
0: Somebody said the other day that instead of buying print cartridges for their printer, they just buy a new one. Because basically the printer is cheaper than... Or almost like slightly, there are more there, expensive.
1: There are inkjet printers on the market today. Uh, this has been the case for almost ten years now. In fact, I think it's been about that long. Because back when I was still doing the IT work, I recall reading about the first one. It was HP, probably over a decade ago now. HP released this printer that was selling at Walmart for twenty-five bucks. It was it was like a twenty or twenty-five dollar inkjet printer. So, and it came with one black black cartridge and one color cartridge and the replacement cartridges cost more than the entire printer. So it was it was kind of the first example of, you know, without even having to do any high level math any algebra, you could just go, oh, I'm out of ink. Let me go to the store and see how much that costs to get new ink. Oh, it costs $35? Never mind, I'll just buy a new printer.
0: Meanwhile, the landfill's <laughs>
1: Yeah. Sorry, kids.
0: There you go, ozone layer.
1: Dear year 2100, sorry we fucked it all up, signed early 2000s.
0: Print it on the in- inkjet printer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we should print it on that very printer um, and then, yeah, put it in the time capsule in the... Well, yeah, so that's essentially what a landfill is. It's a giant fucking time capsule, much, so we'll just yeah. among all of the printers that think- that have nothing wrong with them other than being out of ink we'll just we'll put a stack of printed of that letter printed in, in with it.
0: you just have it like like it's coming out like it just just printed oh, out sitting in the tray, yeah you still doing the movie
1: Chances are does that ring a bell
0: yeah. Possibly.
1: That's the, There are multiple songs called Forever Young. The the one by Rod Stewart, the shitty pop song one, uh, was in the movie Chances Are.
0: Quickly play it. The song? Yeah.
1: You know the song.
0: I want to make sure I'm hearing the right one.
1: Forever
0: Young. No, I'm thinking of a different that, one. That
1: piece of shit
2: song?
0: No.
1: <laughs> that I can leave in. That was my shitty cover <laughs> version. Of, of the shitty original.
0: No, because I think mine's from like a Molly Ringwald movie or something. Let na, na, your got light be strong.
1: No? No. Is this not give, doing anything for you? All right, hang on. Mary Stuart Masterson, Sybil hmm. Shepherd, Robert. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, this movie. Young D.A., Louis Jeffries, is hit by a car and dies in 1964, but manages to slip by the pearly gates and is instantly reborn in 1987. We might need to watch this movie. I wonder if it's any good.
2: Netflix it's,
1: it. It is a romantic comedy. It's probably streamable. Let me look it up on Can I Stream It? Here's a good digression. For anybody who doesn't know... There's this amazing website called Can I Stream It, and that's at canistream.it, and you can search for movies and TV shows, and it will tell you where you can stream them.
0: Was this something you thought of at one time, or was it something else very similar?
1: Uh, It was something very similar. I I was in the time when there wasn't really much streaming. It was mostly discs.
0: New releases.
1: But new releases were starting to get delayed because of these deals with the studios where like Netflix didn't have movies for the first couple of months they were out and all that shit. Uh, I thought of the idea of of building out a website called Can I Rent It?
0: What's renting a video?
1: Yeah, no shit.
0: Um, Oh wait, I'm almost 40.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the good thing is you're not hung up on it at all. You haven't mentioned it hardly at all. Uh, in, in in just fifteen minutes of conversation,
0: be kind, rewind.
1: Do you remember getting fined for not rewinding your videos?
0: Um, yeah, we had the automatic thing so that whenever we would rent multiple movies instead of waiting for it to rewind to while like watch another movie, we had the external rewind dealio thing.
1: so what Michelle has just revealed is that she was had a privileged upbringing. And it lived in a very (laughs) fancy house because, (laughs) let me tell you, we rented a lot of videos, but we never owned a dedicated rewinding machine. I was aware of them. But no, we had to, like animals, when you finished watching a movie, you had to stop it, press rewind, and sit there and wait. Like some kind of, you know, just terrible terrible person you had to you had to just sit there and wait and listen to it rewind until you could start another movie
0: you didn't realize what kind of a princess you married did you
1: i mean not only that but our piece of shit vcr that we had wasn't the kind where it would slow down as it got back to the beginning of the tape and so when you watched videos, well it never really happened with rental videos because they were usually relatively new but with videos where we'd recorded them and it was like something we recorded off TV and I watched all the time I got very good at doing surgery on a a VHS tape because it had rewound back to the start and ripped the tape off of the off of the playhead or whatever the little the circle inside the one side of the tape, the reel yeah, it turned out all you needed was the right size uh, Phillips head screwdriver, and you could disassemble a VHS tape and uh, use a piece of scotch tape to tape the VCR tape back to the reel, and then rewind it up yourself. But it's a very delicate operation, because once you took the tape apart, there were several little like springs and doodads in there that if they weren't sitting in exactly the right location, um, you, you would... Completely fuck the tape up when uh, you put it back together again. Good to know. Well, we had to like you know, like I had all the Superman movies recorded off like the, you know, it's like the ABC Sunday night movie back when they back when they did that and they would show Hollywood movies on.
0: Yeah, the remember Saturdays to press and Sundays pause or whatever the recording, or did you record all the? Oh no, we
1: recorded all the commercials. Oh, Okay. Because years later, that was part of the best uh, best part about it was you could watch the commercials back. It's sort of like when people do uh, when they watch the Star Wars Holiday Special, which is terrible. But if you have found the place on the places on the internet where that uh, has fallen off the back of a truck and you can uh, procure procure it. procure it and and watch it, um, the best thing about it is that it has all the original ads from nineteen seventy seven in the video. Um, in fact, there's a there's a riff tracks uh, commentary track on it, and it includes them making commentary on all the commercials, which is awesome. So let's see if we can stream. Chances are, because that's right, this is all part of that same conversation. Oh man, they must apparently this movie is very premium, very in high demand. The 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 fine folks at uh, I don't know. Who the hell made this movie? Paramount. Did it say that or are you making that up?
0: Totally making it up.
1: Do, 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 do. Oh, wait, that's universal. So, yeah, it's only available to purchase or to rent digitally. But that's okay because we are the kind of old farts that still have a Netflix disc subscription. Oh, wait a minute. What the hell am I thinking? library.nashville.org This is exactly the kind of movie that they will have a copy of. Man, you gotta be kidding me. Okay, well, I guess we will wait patiently for chances are to come up in our Netflix queue. Maybe we'll talk about it in an after show after we've uh, watched it.
0: I do think it's a totally different song of Forever Young. It's like a soft little something. I'm telling you it's like Molly Ringwald movie or something.
1: So it's not this.
0: I don't think it's this upbeat.
1: I mean I'm glad it's not this because it means I can stop playing it. Here's the only other Forever Young we own. Oh is it the Jay-Z version? No. Yeah. Are you thinking of this as a cover of it from the band? Are you thinking of the theme song from Parenthood the TV no. show. Because that's Forever Young.
0: No, but... That's the Bob some... Dylan one. I mean, it's like, a, like they're at a dance or something. or Like here's somebody's dancing or somebody's sitting of, at a dance.
1: Are you thinking of the African anteater ritual?
0: No. <laughs> and Dan did.
1: I did the, the African anteater ritual? The dance. From one of the greatest movies of all time. It is
0: a great movie. Can't Buy Me Love. Doctor McDreamy. Man, that's
1: a good movie. You know what else? We there's that one, and then the other one that we haven't watched in a long time. We have it though. We could watch it. Is Lover Boy.
0: Oh yeah. And he's
1: a pizza boy. That's right. But he's like a gigolo. Well,
0: not to be confused with Mystic Pizza.
1: You know who's in that? <laughs> not Mystic Pizza. Shitload of people are in that. Um, Carrie Fisher. I think is in really? uh, in Lover Boy. It was in that period of time when she actually did some movies, and then she was like, she had a lot of stuff going on. I'm glad she's kind of gotten things back together, but uh,
0: it, like, does this high pitched like forever young thing? Forever young. Da, 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 da.
1: Oh my God! You're talking. That's fucking Napoleon Dynamite. It's the dance at Napoleon in Napoleon Dynamite. Forever young. I want to be forever young. Yeah. Do you really want to live forever? It's Alphaville. It's this. Yeah.
0: But this is another movie, I swear. It's not just Napoleon Dynamite.
1: Alright, now we gotta go on a mission to find what the hell other movie this is in. <laughs> I
0: swear it's something else. Forever They're young. dancing. Oh, Where people are dancing.
1: Now these according to this Yahoo Answers page, these are the only five movies it's been part of. What's Listen to Me?
0: So this song is still called Forever Young? Yes. Damn it.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Kirk Cameron? What the hell is this movie? This movie is called Listen to Me starring Kirk Cameron from 1989. So not Kirk Cameron... Who only does weird post-apocalypse biblical movies now. (laughs) Roy Scheider. What on earth is this movie? A group of college debaters learn about the world, friendships, love, dreams, and family in this warm, endearing drama. IMDb rating out of 801 ratings on a scale of 1 to 10. 5.3 Five point three Apparently this movie is a piece of crap. Oh, but it is available <laughs> this piece of crap is available to stream on Amazon <laughs> Video. For free. Apparently. And apparently it features the song Forever Young. I mean this is in your wheelhouse. This movie's from nineteen eighty nine. I don't
0: understand. It seemed like you recently were like at some point I heard this. Oh fuck you. <laughs>
1: I don't do that a lot. I'm not really that mean to Michelle. I'm usually very supportive. I don't know that we're really going to watch this movie. We might turn it on long enough to figure out where the song is in it.
0: I don't think this is what I'm thinking. of.
1: I hope not because it looks like it's probably a piece of shit. Yeah. But
0: What were the other movies? Maybe it was a TV show.
1: This song plays during scenes in the television series Passions. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Queer as Folk, One Tree Hill, 30 Rock, Greek, Regular Show, Big Love, the movie Listen to Me, and the school dance scene of Napoleon Dynamite, some advertisements for the Saturn Ion. Maybe that's your big Saturn Ion advertisement aficionado. Maybe that's what you remember from. Oh, they used it in an episode of Parks and Recreation. Oh, In 2015, the song is also used for the commercial for Centrum brand of multivitamins in the Philippines, where a group of high school friends reunite after several years.
0: Okay, so maybe I'm thinking either Sunny or Parks and Rec.
1: I think it's got to be Parks, because that would have been relatively recently, or maybe that 30 Rock uh, episode Either way.
0: Or Napoleon. I don't know. But either We way, haven't seen Napoleon, but they uh, are dancing.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you described it as a dance, I mean, the listen okay. to me thing, I think it was like a college thing, so I don't think that would, I don't know. I'm, I'm bailing on the idea of watching that movie. It's almost certainly a piece of shit. Okay. From but we're
0: watching, chances are.
1: Because it's listed as a drama, and it says it's from 1989. Which tells me it's gonna take itself way too seriously, you, and which is like a hallmark of '80s movies.
0: It's gonna be drama.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it said romance slash drama, but it's probably drama slash drama.
0: We'll Chances are
1: that we'll watch. I like a little Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Oh, plus Mary Stuart Masterson. Yeah, I'm into that. We will now be watching the Mel Gibson Forever, Forever Young. Yeah. There's some kind of like time travel shit in that. I mean, you know, I like a good time travel movie, but that is not what that is. Because <laughs> he gets like frozen. Yes. Oh, J.J. J. Abrams wrote that. I think I knew that.
0: What is a 6.2 rating?
1: That's pretty generous, I think. Oh, were you thinking of the movie Tijanare to oh, Kungan?
0: Totally. That's it. <laughs> We have a winner. That was it. Yeah. It's my favorite of all time. Be a winner
1: for Dan's worst pronunciation of the night so far. <laughs> it's the early front runner. Okay. So
0: back to the Americans having some chicken.
1: Oh, right. The very beginning of the episode. Right. Okay. Now that we've been talking for 30 <laughs> minutes, I think you're right. I think we should start uh, talking about the Americans.
0: Elizabeth is not having a baby. They then decide this, well, Basically, the child then realizes, oh, wait, shit, not a baby, oh, crap.
1: What's the other thing that my parents would have to tell me that would be big news?
0: Separation, or as Elizabeth puts it, hitting the pause button. Actually, it was Philip that I said that. figure that. I figure once I said Elizabeth, it would be Philip.
1: And Paige thinks that's bullshit. she actually said that.
0: Yes, yeah, she did say bullshit. She called him out on it. Anywho, so he leaves that night.
1: Yes, he packs up his weird old-timey-looking suitcase.
0: Sits outside of his son's bedroom door, knowing that his son is in there sad. And I'm sad. I feel like the the little boy.
1: I I was having a little moment when, when that was happening. Now, it doesn't help that I was... I've been on a bit of an emotional roller coaster tonight. We watched a Pixar movie that I had not seen that made me weep at the end.
0: Yeah. I tried not to pay attention because I knew I'd cry.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Good Dinosaur. Not only had I already watched a Pixar movie that it made me weepy, I mean, well, I don't have to dance around it. I cried at the end of The Good Dinosaur. Did you? Yes.
0: I know the child was. I was kind of getting emotional for the child getting emotional. I wasn't even really paying much attention because I know I'll watch this movie again and again and again at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of the first runs I don't like, really pay much attention because I know I'll get it all eventually. But listen, but kind of hearing Penelope kind of, oh no, I mean she's like.
1: I Well, I was worried going into this because one of the reasons we didn't go see it in the theater was that we were, I had definitely heard that it was pretty, you know, I mean, it was pretty intense. You know, like the, the things I had read were that it was more intense than any other Pixar movies had been. And when you think about some of the scenes in things like Toy Story 3 or WALL-E or other things, I mean, there's some pretty, you know, emotional moments in those. Or like a... Yeah, I mean, or you know, just in general, like things that even little kids, are, you know, get worried and that kind of thing. So when people had said all this about Good Dinosaur, I was, I was concerned and didn't want to take Penelope to the theater to to, to see it. But yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely intense. But um, but of, and of course, there's you know, hey, so spoiler alert for Good Good Dinosaur. Um, yeah. Big surprise! It's a uh, it's an animated movie about a like a kid character. Uh, guess what? One of the parents dies because of course it does.
0: It's kind of weird how that happens.
1: Everybody gets orphaned or separated or something terrible happened. You know, it's
0: because like even in How Train the Train of Dragon, of course did we didn't. Mo- well, do did we really know where his mom had gone?
1: Well, I mean, the the first one pretty much frames it up like his mother's gone. Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to list a bunch of movies, and as soon <laughs> as we see the title of it, you'll know it's a spoiler alert coming for that movie. So, Frozen.
0: Parents die. The shipwreck.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's a classic trope, right? I mean, you know, Bambi. Dead mother.
0: We all know that.
1: Um. I mean, Lion King. It. Yeah, dead father. Killed by your uncle. That's like some fucking Shakespeare shit is what that is.
0: So Dragon 2, Dad valleys.
1: That was heartbreaking. That was. And not just because I'm a dad. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't bother me when they kill the mothers. It's only when the, the fathers bo- die. Or both parents. No, it's, uh, it's... I will say this. I mean, I'm glad that they're at least mixing it up a little bit. It's nice to see that it's not always the mom or both parents.
0: She gets brave. Only the mom just turns into a bear, but nobody dies.
1: True. Good call, Pixar.
0: She got up. The oh. man's wife dies. Jesus. That one yeah, gets me. That one, bad. yeah. It's just...
1: <sighs> Poor Carl.
0: Yeah.
1: Of course, you know the part the part that gets me about up every time is at the end when... Uh, uh, Red car. When when it's before that, when, oh. he, when he shows up to do... Oh, Yes brussels uh merit badge ceremony oh okay we gotta we gotta talk about other stuff so i was in a bit of a state already and uh and then we're watching what led me down this path
0: the fact that philip was sitting outside of Man, henry's yeah. door
1: so he's yeah the the that got me philip just just wanted to talk to his son They've told the kids that they that, that dad's gonna move out for a while. The kids are upset about it. Henry's locked himself in his room, won't let Dad in. Uh Phillips, you know, packing his bags and he's leaving it for indefinitely. And it's not like he's never gonna see him, but he's certainly not gonna see him like the next morning or something. So the fact that the kid wouldn't let him in and uh and he just he probably just wouldn't hug his son. So yeah, that uh that one got me a bit.
0: They all did go to the neighbor's party because...
1: Well, yeah, you don't want to miss a party at the Beeman's. They know how to have a good time.
0: With all the Beeman work people. That's why they needed to go.
1: That's correct. Yeah, they needed to go spy on all the FBI dudes. So, um, yeah, I will say this. When Stan throws a party, it's a bit of a sausage fest.
0: Yep, pretty much.
1: It was almost exclusively dudes. It was like Stan's wife, Elizabeth. And page, <laughs> page, yeah, and then solid wieners, wall to wall. Yeah,
0: definitely not uh, Almadors. No,
1: yeah, yeah definitely, Martha, definitely
0: not his kind of his kind of party. He likes to have more of the
1: yeah. I tell you what, less wieners. They've they've done a, they did a hell of a job making him just a, a real jackass. I mean, you know, just consistently you know, making making you go like, man, what a what a sleaze bag this guy is. But uh BSI yeah, so go to the party and uh Agent Moleman uh Stan's boss reveals
2: <laughs> <That's so horrible. laughs>
1: Yeah, I can't ever remember his name. It, it was, there's too many He's names. He's weird. There's too many names to keep straight. John Boy that's what I, I should just call him Agent John Boy because that would be nicer than oh, constantly right, referring see. to his mole. So you know what? We're gonna that's so
0: John Boy. So okay. okay.
1: So from now on, I'm gonna call him Agent John Boy. So Agent John Boy so ignore all the parts of my notes that say something about Mole Man. <laughs> <laughs> so so John Boy decides that you know what? We don't need to have a meeting like in our secure FBI office. We're in Stan's living room we can we can talk about uh, an unapproved
0: assignment of taking somebody out yeah. in the KGB
1: we'll talk about an assassination you know just openly here in the here in the living room and so i love that here's elizabeth and philip at the same party like what 15 feet away probably but because they're having their uh, family drama i guess they're too busy to notice that all the FBI dudes are having a super secret conversation mm-hmm. right in the middle of the damn living room.
0: Yeah, because, like, I think even Philip walks away, like, as they're all about to, like, talk about it or something. Like, he was kind of, like, in the area and then takes off and...
2: Yeah,
1: so so Agent John Boy's, like... I guess leave. All right, so here's the deal. They killed three of our people, so we got to get one of theirs. And... uh but they're going to make it a big one. They're going to kill the resident. So the the head of the KGB in America, they, apparently he likes to jog, and they know that. So they're going to they're going to pop him in the middle of the park while he's jogging, and uh, all the guys. It's kind of that thing where everybody's like, "I'm with you, boss." You know, even though this is an unapproved thing. Um, but Stan actually, his answer is. I wrote this down because I thought this was uh, it was a funny phrase. He said, well, if this is extrajudicial, I'd rather stay away. So, like, that extrajudicial mm-hmm. outside the justice system. Gotcha. Okay.
0: So, this is where I'm still, like, getting agitated with the show. Because it's like this... Because I'm basically a fuck-up on on the Russian side. Because they didn't get the guy in the last episode in time Then. This fucks up. So then now, I mean, it's just like shit's just blowing up, and it's just pissing me off. Accidents are happening. It's causing more crap to happen. And
1: hey, spying is a dirty business.
0: I understand that, I'm just saying it's it's getting me all stressed.
1: I was gonna say, is it just that it's like stressing you out because things aren't it's just stressing going, me out. Things aren't going smoothly. Well, that's the thing about this it's show, breaking right? Breaking Bad. Because our main characters, it's it's like that, where your main character is, is doing bad things. And so, smoothly, would be like, be what? Like, they're not having any problems being Russian spies? And so, they're just succeeding? And then America gets taken over by the Russians?
0: No, but...
1: <laughs> and then the flip side would be, go America, and they find them out and murder them.
0: I and, know, but I'm just saying
1: so this, the whole show is going to be stressed. That's what it's I know. That's what, it, that's what it is. That's their What's deal.
0: Saying? It's stressing me out.
1: That's why when the dude came up with the premise, he was probably like, "Oh man, yeah, we can string this out for a while because that people, some people will like this. Can will we'll get people to be invested in characters on both sides, and they can't possibly all win, and so there'll be all this conflict all the time. Yeah, it's like a it, it's a wet dream for a TV writer." They won't have to, like, have somebody have a baby in the fifth season because they've run out of all the premises to have the show, you know? They're not going to have to adopt Leonardo DiCaprio. See Growing Pains, for anybody who is not familiar <laughs> with the fact that before he was a giant movie star, Leonardo DiCaprio was was the cousin Oliver of Growing Pains.
2: Uh.
1: And for all you young people who aren't listening because <laughs> cause nobody is. Um the the cousin Oliver was a, that's a reference to the Brady Bunch. They added him in like I think the last season. Yeah. And he was the worst.
0: Oh my god. Terrible.
1: And that was it was a classic thing all through the like seventies and eighties on TV. You'd be you'd you'd pop a, a new character in just to add to spice up the show. Or in in the case of, like, a mad about you, you have them have a kid. Yep. Which...
0: That was pretty much, like, the end. It pretty
1: effectively wrecked the show.
0: They really actually... Was that, like, in their final season? I thought it was kind of, like, their final episode or something. No, it was... No, because they had the cried out thing. I remember them doing
1: that. Didn't they have a thing... They had an episode where they left it in the cab? I don't know. I remember the the crying out. There was definitely... um, there was at least like a full season of that. That's just what happens when, I mean, the show's been on for years and years and the network wants it to keep going because people are watching it and they're making a shitload of money on it. So, uh, it happens. That's why, that's, why I think we've become fans of these shows where they have a limited run or they, you know, at least they have less episodes like this I mean, 13 episode seasons. You know, even if they're on for five or six seasons, chances are it's not going to get that stale. They'll have somewhere to go and they have enough time off between seasons to actually come up with a, an overall story. And they're not just, you know, making crap up week to week. That was one of the problems with 24, I think was that you'd have like half of a season where they really had no idea what they were doing because they weren't sure how they, maybe they had an end in mind, but they didn't really know how to get there. And so they'd stumble through, and it'd be boring, or they'd you know do the same crap over and over again. Damn it, Chloe!
0: <laughs> but that was fun.
1: That was great. I never get tired of. Damn it, Chloe! Jack, I can't possibly move the satellites in time. Damn it, Chloe! I'm okay. I moved them. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was always like there is an impossible. You know, you you asked me to do something that isn't physically possible. And all he would say was, damn it, Chloe, and she'd be like,
0: okay, fine, I'll do it. Okay, I I got it. (laughs) You said the magic horse.
1: Okay, it's ready. I sent it to your PDA. (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: You're just so serious face. This is like
1: the, this is the all digressions episode, is what this is. That's
0: what happens when I'm awake.
1: Did you know that an extrajudicial killing is the killing of a person by governmental authorities without the sanction of any judicial proceeding or legal process?
0: Well, that's nothing like the Americans. (laughs) Nothing at all.
1: They're common in Iraq, Central America, Colombia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Bangladesh, several nations or regions in Africa, Jamaica, Kosovo, Jamaica. Shit.
0: Yeah, mom. That was really horrible.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was racist against Jamaicans. Me
0: too, yeah.
1: I mean, you might as well talk about smoking weed or something or the bobsled team.
0: Really good bobsled team.
1: I mean, I guess that's not racism. That's like an actual historical fact. You dead, man? (laughs) Yeah, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the lucky egg.
1: Yeah, you want to kiss my lucky egg?
0: This is good coffee beans, I think. Is there
1: like any source? I guess they have sources here. I don't know. This seems like the most poorly written Wikipedia article ever. So Stan doesn't want to have any part of any extrajudicial stuff. Correct. He's, he's like, "Hey, this is a shady op. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm not. I'm not in it. I'm out."
0: It's only extra, not judicial killing. <laughs> is this is him extra. Just having extramarital affairs or whatever. <laughs>
1: That's right. Extramarital affair stands in. Extrajudicial killing not so stands much, out. No. Exactly. At least for now.
0: Correct. At this moment.
1: At this moment early in the episode, he does not believe in that. He does not want to participate in that. Have you ever participated in that? Knew it. What?
0: You got the cards and all that?
1: So for everyone, I'm going to include in the show notes a special link. I'll find it somewhere. Of Cranky Anchor's. A short-lived show on Comedy Central where comedians would do prank calls and then some people would make puppets and they would reenact the, the prank calls. And there is a classic one called Spoonie Love.
0: Are you talking about the hoe thing or the whole thing?
1: <laughs> the The whole message or the, or the hoe part, the, whole, the part where I call her a hoe and stuff. Um, it's delightful. It's, it's...
0: Spoonie love from up above.
1: It's, it's Tracy Morgan calling a flower shop and telling them what he wants.
0: Dang it. It's a lot of stuff for a card.
1: Yeah. He, he, I think she has. He, <laughs> he calls a flower shop and he dictates what he wants on a, on a card.
0: I gotta get another card. For some
1: flowers <laughs> he's going to send. And it's all the, it's, it's great.
0: Let me write all this?
1: Okay, that's at least that's at least the audio. So that'll be good enough if uh if I can't find anything else.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: oh, I can't write that.
0: It's <laughs> 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 a classic.
1: Okay, so so Stan doesn't want to participate. Stands out. And, of course, so Amador's like, "Oh okay, cool, um, enough work talk. who's that hot lady over there across the room? Because Amador is just a total scoundrel. He's like, "Not your wife, the other lady yeah. that she's talking to foxer, say
2: fox. yeah, he probably called her a fox,
1: and uh, he's like, "Oh, that's my neighbor, and amador well,
0: be some sugar."
1: That is what he said, didn't? Because basically, Amador's like, "Oh, okay, that's cool. You should fuck her." Is 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 essentially what is what his response
0: mm-hmm. is. I guess maybe he should go borrow some sugar.
1: What a dirty bird! He really deserves to be punished, don't you think? So, talk about uh, talk about the next scene. Oh God! Will I will I look up? <laughs> will I look up uh, something else?
0: to the next scene.
1: It's like a smash cut. I mean it's it's it was a it was a quick
0: oh, quick God. edit. So Philip is well, we all know Philip is not staying at the house. But he goes into into Clark mode and goes over to Martha's house. Nice little sex scene. And Martha has quite the um uh, how was I thinking about it? His dirty talk was what i was thinking <laughs> she was talking talking quite dirty so as dan quoted shoot yourself into me clark it
1: i i, I mean i don't think i paused like there was something else I didn't. But... well i mean no that is that is literally i mean i wrote that word for word that is I know literally but it seems
0: she like said. she even said something well there was a lot of
1: moaning I mean that's how the scene actually opened was was Yeah. You know Clark, you know, Phillips alter ego with the with the weird Bill Gates wig. Um and glasses now that I think about it. He's uh, he's really giving it to Martha, and yeah, it's 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 her. Really, she's clearly enjoying herself. She's moaning heavily, and then and yeah, that's that's the phrase she screams at the top of her voice. Her neighbors must really love her. She's in an apartment. Yeah, because an apartment complex. Yeah. So whoever shares a wall with Martha is like. Hole. Bang bang bang. Yeah, they're they're banging banging it out. Shoot yourself into me, Clark. Every time she calls him Clark, all I could think about is his vacation.
0: <laughs>
1: Clark? Oh. The little lights aren't twinkling, Clark.
0: Which I'm, I'm thinking of when they went to Europe and he forgot to turn the, the video camera off.
1: Oh, yes. And you got the Beverly D'Angelo video that got yes. like sold in Europe and she was...
0: On some billboard or yeah, she bus was like or on, something.
1: On a, yeah, on a big poster. So yeah, Martha is officially in love with Clark.
0: And then dumbly asks, please please be honest with me, is this real? Because he's going to totally be like, nah bitch, ain't real. I'm just just totally fucking you for info, thanks. No baby, it is real. What (laughs) was
1: that sound?
0: Him kissing all over her.
1: Okay, it could, It sounded really, it sounded really gross.
0: You can edit it out.
1: Um, okay, maybe I will. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Please say it, but it sounds gross.
1: Okay, I'll decide. Uh, I'll decide later when I'm editing. So that's when, uh, so I put Martha spills the beans here. She didn't say who, but she did say that they were planning to kill a KGB agent. Why are you looking yeah. up and to the right? That's, I'm just that, thinking. Because cause then Philip left the apartment because she said, oh, you can stay here as long as you want. I got to go to work. Right. Because,
0: yeah, I, cause I was expecting him to, like, call Elizabeth or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't figure he'd be dumb enough to use Martha's phone to make right. a call to anywhere where Elizabeth would answer right away. Um, but he immediately puts his clothes on the moment she uh, leaves, gets out of bed, and... Uh, and he's heading out, and he looked super nervous as he was walking down the street. He's, he's eyes, his eyes are darting all around. He's just assuming that somebody's going to jump out and get him any moment. Like I think he he was legitimately worried that this whole thing, where he thought he'd been getting information out of Martha, that it was all about to backfire. Maybe they knew the whole time and they were about to grab him or something. Right. But that's not what happened.
0: As. Philip gets to his car, ex-boyfriend slash amador. It's like, yeah, what's up? And then wants to like have a chat with him. Shows him his little badge and everything else. And it's like, you know, just, just like a car and let's just go down to the station. And
1: well, I think it's funny that he identified himself as an FBI agent. He flashed his badge. Yeah, and he, but he still said, let's go downtown. But there's no downtown when I mean, you're at the FBI. You can go to the office. It's not like the precinct. <laughs> there's no, you know, he's not. He's not a so policeman. He's not
0: gonna go down to Brooklyn, not.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna. You're not gonna go down and like book him.
0: Yeah, it's weird. But I, just, I mean, he doesn't even like really. At, I mean, I, he just says, "Yeah, I see you coming from Martha's apartment." it's just like total ex-boyfriend thing but it's like I mean you're not even saying like what you're wanting to talk to him about so well, the fact that you're leaving Martha's
1: which is exactly why Philip is like okay this is clearly not a this is not like a sanctioned you know anything and so he he decides to go fully in Amador's face right he's like he's like yeah Martha and I have been banging for the last 10 hours <laughs>
0: And Martha's dreams.
1: And so he and Amador get in a fight. Amador comes at him, but Philip, um, kind of beats the shit out of him.
0: Yeah, they both get some good punches.
1: Yeah, mostly, mostly Philip's in 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 the lead. Yeah,
0: he was doing good.
1: Amador goes for his gun, which Philip knocks out of his hand. Yep. Yeah. And then they kind of they tussle a little bit, and then they separate. And Amador pulls out a switchblade. They, they kind of come back together. Philip's blocking the knife. And in, as they tussle again, Amador ends up getting the knife in the belly.
0: Hey, Philip kind of gets him from behind. I mean, that well. Grab
1: Hello. <laughs> uh, I think you're thinking of Martha.
0: <laughs> well, he tries to pull the same maneuver <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, yeah.
1: would you like to know what Martha and I've been doing here? Let me demonstrate
0: <laughs> but somehow gets him whipped around so that he then
1: he was basically... stabs
0: him kind of almost stabs himself, but not
1: yeah I think the thing that to make clear here is that Philip was really just trying to not get stabbed. He was trying to subdue Amador
0: and inadvertently gets
1: and because Amador was in like a weird contorted position, ultimately he ended up getting his own knife in his belly. While it was still in his own hand. So it wasn't like Philip disarmed him and then just said, ha, and stabbed
0: him. And then continues to hold the knife in his belly and is like, oh, shit. And then somehow manages to, like, get him to the back of his car, pop the trunk, and get him. in. of course, Amador's like, uh, no. He's, like, trying to fight it a little bit.
1: I think it was more like, no. Like, he didn't want to go in the- <laughs> Yeah. It was like he was scared of the dark, is kind of what it (laughs) sounded like the way he said no.
0: That's funny.
1: It was pretty amazing that he was able to get him into the trunk so quickly because, you know, this is the days before a keyless trunk release. Right.
0: I mean, you got to get the key out, get the key in the hole. Probably had to, like, correctly. You
1: probably had to slide the Oldsmobile logo, you know, to the side to slide your key in.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And probably jiggle a little because it's like crappy. Well, maybe
1: it was one of those ones where you just pushed the the lock uh, and it popped. Anyway, still a difficult thing to do when you got a. I'm going to assume around maybe like a hundred and seventy five pound man. Yeah, you know, you know that's pretty much dead weight because he's just you know he's in shock because he just got his own knife in the belly. Uh, but yeah, I, Philip and
0: doesn't want to go into the dark. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. Mommy,
1: don't let the bad man put me in the trunk. But in the trunk he goes. So Philip throws him in the trunk, looks around, nobody's seen anything, and uh, off they go.
0: Meanwhile, at the office.
1: Yeah, Stan's a little worried about his partner. Just, we
0: both know uh, his nervous twitch, but apparently he's had it for a while. The weird eye thing.
1: What makes you say that?
0: Well, in some of the flashbacks, he i still knows the
1: Okay, so maybe when I, when I wrote it down, I was thinking maybe actor man, uh, who plays Stan, maybe he actually has kind of a legitimate little bit of a tick or something, because it doesn't seem like the kind of like you you wouldn't adopt that. I wouldn't think as in like an affectation for a character because it's no. too distracting. Yeah. So maybe he just legitimately has a little bit of a a little bit of a tick. Um, it definitely. I mean, it was it was very affecting in that moment because mm-hmm. it, it definitely kind of made you. Realized it. Uh, I mean, it, it added to the level of concern that you could kind of tell he had for his partner. So he goes and checks out his apartment.
0: Yes, leaves messages, and then apparently he had an appointment with Amador that he didn't show up to, and he said it was completely unlike him. But yeah, goes and checks the apartment. Even gets the... Car notices that the car is like parked by a block away or something from the his apartment. It's forensic. It's like, where, it was like and, around
1: the corner, like in like a place it would normally be parked.
0: His forensic check for fingerprints is completely clean. It's just suspicious because right. not even doors prints are on his car. Yeah,
1: so as in wiped clean, you know. And so he immediately, Stan immediately suspects. Okay, the KJB took took our guy. That like they're they're really amping things up and not only did they kill our other three guys, now they've taken my partner. And... Because he assumes that that's the reason the car's clean is because somebody took him on purpose and then wiped the car and returned it to try to make it look like nothing happened. So Stan's kind of on the warpath at this point. So he has a meeting with Nina.
0: Oh, yeah. Nina was trying to go in for a smooch. Got denied. He got kind of... I won't say really rough, but I mean... He grabbed her. Yeah. I mean... And she knew and he, not in,
1: not in the way that he's been grabbing right. her recently.
0: Being grabbing, not <laughs> like nice.
1: Grabbed a hold of her arm and kind of shook her a little bit.
0: She basically knew he he wasn't in it for any any fun times in the sack. This was business time. You need to give me some answers. Find my partner.
1: That's right. So she so he says, you know, where the hell's Amador? And she, you know, we know that she doesn't know a damn thing because the KGB residentura doesn't even know that um, they don't know anything about it because Philip hasn't reported anything in. Um, So then we get uh, Stan going back to Agent John Boy and saying, um, you know, we got to do something about this. And he's got like no sympathy. He's basically like, hey, Amador knows the name of your mole. Inside uh, the residentura, um, he's probably going to give her up. So we got, you know, we might ha- we might have to just let Amador get, you know, just basically wrote him off.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree.
1: And Stan was pissed. Oh yeah, and this was all as they were in the park planning the uh, the operation to to kill the resident yes. when he went for his morning jog.
0: And So Stan was now game on. Was, That's right. He signed up for the extra judicial killing.
1: That's right. I was trying to think of uh It's all in the extra bubblegum tagline <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna make a joke about, but but all I could think of instead was get a little closer with arid extra dry.
0: <laughs> I can only think of double mint gum. Yes. Or yikes, stripes. Fruit, fruit uh, stripes, gum.
1: That gum was the worst.
0: It was for like except for the first two seconds.
1: I I mean I didn't even like the flavor of it when it had the flavor for the first chew. <laughs> it was like all the fruits. It was double gross.
0: Pleasure. No.
1: That's Doppelman.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. What were they extra.
1: <laughs> I know that Friedent is the one that took the stick out of gum. Yes. And it moistens your mouth. Yeah. Moistens your mouth.
0: Sometimes I go in extra...
1: And it freshens your breath while you chew.
2: Do-do-do-do.
0: What are they talking about going extra long, like, extra lasting? I think that's a different (laughs) kind of gum.
1: That's the kind that Clark uses with Martha.
0: (laughs) It's the kind that Martha gives Clark.
1: Isn't that the same thing?
0: Yes. (laughs) But you were implying, like, he brought it...
1: Oh, okay. But she
0: gave him the gum to go extra long.
1: Uh, okay.
2: Okay.
0: Because he don't care. She cares.
1: <laughs> Seems like he could do just about anything and she'd be fine with it.
0: Well, I mean, considering he's not getting anything at home.
1: I want to give him a better place to spend the night than whatever crappy motel yeah. he was staying in. A lot less depressing to stay at Martha's place.
0: You get breakfast in bed.
1: That's right. Until you run out to go stab her ex-boyfriend.
0: I think she had some grapefruit. That's not very good breakfast in bed.
1: Well, I mean, it's healthy.
0: True. She is concerned about his his health.
1: Well, yeah, if they're going to be together forever.
0: And be forever young.
1: (laughs) Circular. Circle. It all comes back around. (laughs) After they talk about... After... Agent John Boy is like basically, eh, Amador can can fuck off. Like what? Like he's he's just out of luck. Then we uh, we cut to Amador. You know, Philip's trying to keep him from dying in their little safe house place that they've got, which by the way was the name of this episode, safe house. So, we we got a couple of different safe houses here.
0: Circle. Circular.
1: <laughs> it's not the kind of safe house stuff you thought was going to be going on in this episode. You thought it was just going to be all Stan and Nina boning down in the safe house.
0: I did not think that. That's
1: I what even... you said last week.
0: Did I say that?
1: Yeah, you were like, oh, there's going to be a lot of fucking next week in, oh. the, in the safe
0: house. <laughs> Tells you how much I, I really just wanted to go to sleep. sleep.
1: About it being the safe sex house. Oh, okay. Instead, there was zero sex in the safe house. Uh, Correct. So yeah, Philip's trying to keep Amador from dying, trying to get some information out of him. Elizabeth comes and goes a couple of times. You know, mostly Philip there hanging out with him.
0: The nice, nice wig.
1: <laughs> yeah, she looked like um, pilgrim. The Puritan. Puritan. Yeah. yeah, the I mean either one. The 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 pilgrim's pride. <laughs> this is what the name of that wig is. And then that she had the John Lennon glasses on yeah. along with it. And I was thinking the moment she walked in, even though she had that get up on, I was like. He's going now I'm like, Amador, this dude is a grade A poonhound. There's no way, even in shock, stabbed and whatever, that he's not going to recognize
0: mm-hmm. Elizabeth.
1: So it was actually at this point that I thought,
0: which, of course, had me even more nervous and not liking the episode because I was like, "Oh God, no!"
1: Oh, see, because here is where it led me. I was immediately like, "Oh, okay." So Amador's not getting out of this alive. He's gonna die. Because, I f- I feel like at this point they've they're 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 pretty well not gonna let the their cover get blown. Not just yet. I mean, too
0: early. We're in season one.
1: They. Uh, so so yeah, that was that was kind of where I was. at. I was like, okay, he's he's gonna die. Um, but he does. So they they played this a little bit different than I thought they would. He starts talking like he recognizes her, but he's kind of delirious and and he's done morphine and stuff. So he he thinks maybe he picked her up in a bar.
0: That's where he picks up most women. I
1: mean, that would be the the majority <laughs> of women he encounters. Hmm, in if all, I. I
0: recognize ones, you, it's probably from a bar.
1: <laughs> all the ones leaving messages on his answering machine that Stan was picking up. Um.
0: And we fucked like crazy.
1: Amador and Stan did?
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know they were close as partners, but no, um, I missed that in the flashbacks.
0: Amador and whoever he thinks Elizabeth is.
1: Yes. Yes. So... So, he recognizes her, but not from the right, you know, context. So, so she's kind of off the hook. We cut back to the park. And in the meantime, we we got a little shot from the residentura that um, this underling dude, who, is it the guy that's like at the desk across from Nina? Is that who that guy was? I think so. We've seen him a couple of times before. Don't really know his name, or we didn't. Now, we know that his name was Vladimir...
0: Not Putin.
1: Kasegan. 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 Not, not going to work here anymore. That's all yeah. I know. Nainanajad. 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 It's not that Why's, hard. Well, yeah, what's so hard?
0: <laughs> Apparently, it's, he's, he's the, running running partners with Dude Man. With The Resident.
1: Yeah, So, so he's like, hey man let's let's go jogging oh wait are you not going today because he was like in his work clothes and he holds up his burnt hand and is like no
0: microwave something right now yeah he
1: said he microwaved a potato and it was like too hot and he <laughs> burned himself Pussy. I'm like first well first of all <laughs> you don't run with your hands so yeah. <laughs>
0: I but they're gonna do a skin graft
1: he said they're gonna do a skin graft on it and I'm like well they haven't done it yet you're not in recovery you've got it bandaged Go um, for your run. I
0: don't know, the wind and doing yeah, well, the.
1: Yeah, if you got a really aggressive arm pump while you're jogging. Michelle and I are both jogging <laughs> in place right now, but just with our arms. We're sitting on our butts, and we're doing our hands, pumping our hands as if we are in mid-jog. Okay, I'm done now.
0: It's like you're going at an incredible oh, Mich- rate. Michelle's still,
1: <laughs> Michelle's still jogging.
0: If only I had my watch on. I've gotten like, burned some calories on that.
1: I don't think Apple Watch is, is, this t- is it time for Apple Watch Corner? No, <laughs> we talk about Apple
0: Watch.
1: No, everybody's waiting with bated breath to to hear your thoughts. I mean, it's it's only Our one a, listener. It's only a, like an eleven month old product, so some people are like, "Whoa, what's this? I've never heard about this before." It's breaking news. <laughs> um, I think it's too smart to get fooled by that because it knows it has more sensors than that. I don't think just back and forth motion like this can uh, can trick it. Maybe you could test that and report back to us on the next Apple Watch okay. Corner. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: So we're back in the park. Dude man, Vladimir, underling guy, is jogging alone. Stan.
0: So it's supposed to be a signal. I'm going to interrupt you. It's supposed to be a signal. So guy on a park bench reading a newspaper. FBI means, agent. Yes. Means I'm the same for it average Joe person that's in the park they will see secret <laughs>
1: FBI agent undercover
0: they will see a guy with a newspaper if he's reading the newspaper it's okay to kill you go for the kill or grab or whatever um, kill otherwise if he puts the paper down it's called no go abort Abort mission so he may continue now that was key Thank information. You. Th-
1: that was some good good groundwork. Um, So we see the guy on the bench. We got some joggers. There's a jogger coming. He's, he holds the paper up. So we're like, okay, mission's a go. And Stan's the one on the radio. He's in the bushes, and he's radioing to the other undercover people whether or not, the, whether or not they're a go. And Dude man looks up with the newspaper and sees that it's just one guy. And it's not their guy. And so he, not only does he take the paper and stop reading it, but he's like, he's like, God damn it! And he, he like folds the newspaper up and he throws it in the trash can next to the, next to the bench that he's sitting on. He's really pissed that they don't get to have any extrajudicial murdering today. Stan, the the guy next to Stan in the bushes, is like, abort, dude, abort! And and Stan's like, you know what? Fuck it! And and so Stan. Radios to the other jogger guys that are FBI guys, grab him, which is exactly what Agent John Boy told him not to do. Yeah, so Stan's like, "Screw it! I'm I, I got to do anything to get my partner back," and so he grabs him up, takes him to the safe house. No sex. That's right, and he's and there's this kind of uh, creepy scene where Stan is doing this whole, like, veiled threat thing to the captured guy who insists that he's just a diplomat. I'm not a spy. I'm a diplomat. Please, I don't know anything.
0: I do not know what you're talking about. I have no good Russian accent to try to do.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you said it because I was (laughs) going to say
0: it. I never have a good accent of whatever I'm trying to do. Whatever I was trying to do was not it.
1: You could go. You could go a different way and do like a completely other country accent instead. Like ho ho ho! I am, I am not KGB. Oh, that actually sounded a little bit Russian. Anyway, not the ho 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 part. <laughs>
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not, I'm not Russian.
1: Well, I'm not going to do any other accents because they'll all just be terrible, terrible caricatures and it'll sound horribly racist, so I won't do that.
0: Yeah, I was going to try and go into Mexican, but... Well, that's exactly <laughs>
1: what I was thinking and I was like, oh, no. I know.
0: No, I do not know what you know. That sounded... <laughs>
1: That sounded like racist racist Asian. That didn't sound like
0: Mexican. See, whatever I try to do is not what I want to do.
1: Okay, well, I'll probably cut most of this out. I'll try to I'll try to remove all the any any kind of um any latent racism from the podcast. It's
0: getting late. I'm Safe getting late. Safe casa.
1: It's only 11:20. Calm down. It's not that late. Okay, so Stan uh, you know, sits down on the backwards chair in front of the uh, captured guy. And, uh, we call that the, uh, that's the commander Riker is you're not, you're not a big star, Star Trek fan, but, uh, that was commander Riker's classic move on next generation. Anytime he wanted to like, you know, kind of break it down and get real with somebody, he would, uh, he would do this really weird way that he would mount a chair <laughs> and try to sit casually like that. And it was always really cheesy anyway. Um, so Stan pulls that, pulls that move, sits in front of Vladimir and proceeds to explain to him the concept of hunting and specifically duck hunting or, you know, any kind of bird hunting and the retriever dog and how it goes and retrieves the, uh, the, the birds. And essentially in this very slow, methodical serial killer kind of way threatens the dude that, that, Basically, if he doesn't tell him everything he knows, Stan's going to kill him, and in a brutal way. But the guy still doesn't know anything, so he's got nothing. Um, Meanwhile, we go back to the other safe house, and Amador, who's been not sharing any information, no matter which one of the two has tried to interrogate him, he straight up spills the beans. Because he asks what time it is, and they tell him,
0: he thinks it's all the, the plan's gone out. Nothing, nothing could have possibly gone wrong. I mean, the guy wouldn't have burned his hand and couldn't go running.
1: Yeah, what kind? Of, Amador's <laughs> like, what kind of baby's not gonna go running because he burned his hand? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I guess you know, I'll give a little bit of credit to Amador. He was hopped up on morphine. So his judgment was impaired. Uh, it, it, I found it a little bit implausible that he would suddenly give up the info and just assume that the op went well. But he yeah, he was he basically asked what time it was. They told him it was after five. He said he said uh, yeah, they're going after uh, the resident, and they're like,
0: oh no, we gotta go, we we gotta go call and say yeah. that ah, too late.
1: Yeah, he's like, ha ha ha, it's already done. He's already
0: dead. But it wasn't.
1: So Elizabeth runs off to notify the KGB, and then we go back to. Uh, but before we see her talking to the KGB, we cut to Stan making a call, also to the KGB, and telling him the name of the dude they, that he's got, and that if he if they don't release Amador, that he's going to personally send the resident Vladimir's balls to wear around his neck on May Day. You think he's going to do like does he expect him to like dance around the Maypole with Vladimir's balls around his neck? Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll send him a pole to that they could do the Maypole thing with Vladimir's balls.
0: But then they couldn't be around his neck.
1: You're right. You're right. That's impractical. Just a necklace then.
2: Yeah.
1: Ball necklace
0: you think it's kind of similar to, like, those things that you used to hang on people's trucks. Like, kind of hang like that.
1: You mean truck nuts? Yeah. I like how you say in past tense. Like, it's, like, that ignorant shit isn't still all over the place.
0: I'm sure stupid people still have them. Oh, they're, what, hey,
1: we're surrounded because they're all over the place around here.
0: Okay, I haven't seen them.
1: You need to get out more.
0: I, I, <laughs> it's very true. <laughs>
1: So Stan makes his threat and hangs up. And then meanwhile it's like, Hey resident, you got another phone call. Uh, he's like, Is it that same guy again? <laughs> it was really funny. It was like it was it was like he's like, I don't want to talk to that guy again. He was a downer. <laughs> <laughs> no, so who else has somebody's balls they wanna they wanna <laughs> offer to send me?
0: <laughs> I don't want another package of balls. <laughs> it's like-
1: It's like, I told you to screen these sales calls. I'm up to my eyeballs in balls. (laughs) Uh, No, this is a woman, and she used the emergency code, and he picks up, and Elizabeth doesn't tell him anything. She just says, is this whatever his name is? And he's like, yes, and she hangs up. Apparently, that's all she needed to confirm that he wasn't dead.
0: So then she thinks... It's really the wrong guy. Like Amador gave him the wrong the wrong info.
1: Yeah, because in the meantime they've figured out that they got the word on this Vladimir dude. The secretary told Elizabeth on the phone before she talked to. Right. Somehow or another, Elizabeth got the word that that Vladimir was was maybe the, really the one who was in danger, and so they're they're going to go back in Amador again. Um and Philip walks over to question him, and they were going to get hardcore because they had the gun. And then they decided they were going to put him out of his misery, because Philip mm. said, uh,
0: "I wouldn't let a dog suffer like this, would you?"
1: Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what Philip said, and asked Elizabeth, and she agreed, "No, I wouldn't." So, so we'll we'll take him out after we get this last bit of information. But surprise, dead. Amador's dead as hell, but they think, uh, they think he was lying. So they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't think the resident's in danger. Uh, so they dump the body. We don't see that, but we we, we see um, Agent John Boyd standing over the body with Stan. And he tells Stan that he's going to pull every agent, and this is now their top priority, to basically get vengeance for Amador. And I don't know if it's the kind of thing where, like, maybe those other FBI guys weren't part of their immediate unit. And so now it's personal or whatever. I would think the that this would not be any top, more of a top priority than the other three dudes who died already. Yeah. But, whatever. TV.
0: Trauma. Oh, and Agent John Boy is like, you know,
1: you're, uh, it's probably too late to exfiltrate your, uh, your mole, because.
0: Not my mole.
1: <laughs> it's definitely not too late to exfiltrate his mole. Maybe it is. Maybe it's it's too much a part of it. It's too much a part of his personality. You, what do you think? I got I guess he he always uses a word like source or contact or whatever. He never calls her a mole, right? Because you got to think, mole, mole, mole. He would feel weird about, and I'm talking about Agent John Boy himself, like referring to her as that. Like he's like, okay. You guys, this is a little bit weird. Do you keep writing this in the script so you have to make me say mole as you're zooming into it on the camera?
0: You guys gonna want me to eat some guacamole?
1: He says, you know, chances are Amador's, you know, wrecked your, your source because he's spilled the beans. And Stan's like, absolutely not. He didn't talk. And uh, John Boy says, everybody talks. It's biology. So, I mean, his his opinion is... It, there is no matter of you know resisting it that that they some amount of torture or whatever will break everybody down and they'll talk, which is interesting because maybe at some point he'll be the one who's somebody's trying to get him to talk. I don't know. I just think about that, you know, because uh, if that's his thought process, then maybe that means he wouldn't hold it very well under under questioning. Cool. I mean, he's a douchebag, so I'd kind of like yeah. to see him get the screws put to him.
0: Oh, that would be cool.
1: We get another flashback at this point, and uh, it's now that Amador's dead. I guess they decided, hey, um, we did all that work for you know, eight and a half episodes making him look like a dick, <laughs> so maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll, dr- we'll throw him a bone and give him a flashback where he seems kind of like a nice guy, and so. We we get him and Stan in a car. Look, I don't know if they were like on a stakeout or what they were doing. They were just hanging out, and we find out that Amador was in Vietnam, and so it changes outlook on life, and that's why he kind of lives for the moment and tries to fuck everything that moves. And um, and he 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 talks about uh, tempest fugit. Time flies.
0: But what is it that he says that like I'm trying to think how the what he was really talking, but it was, like, even though, yeah, he gets around and whatever, but it wasn't, like, loyalty, but it was something that was... It was, like, this a word that, like, it was, like, I guess a non-negotiable t- for him of what he was, his character.
1: Okay, so what he said was that shame is not an option for him.
0: Right. So, I mean, I think that, I mean, this. It's about his character, and that's why he was reflecting on it then. And that whole scene, that's why Amador wasn't going to give give up any info.
1: Oh, okay. I see. I see what you're you're saying. That, um, you're interpreting that as him basically saying that he would he would not break his, you know, his go back on his word or yeah. whatever. Okay. Okay. I I read the whole thing as, especially since he led with the whole Tempest Fugit thing that that our time's limited. He he learned that in Vietnam that you could be dead at any minute, so live for the now. This is what I was hearing. So 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 when he said shame is not an option, what I heard was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be ashamed of any of my behavior because
0: I'm
2: just living
1: in the moment and 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 maximize. So that's how I. How I took that, but your your interpretation is in, is interesting as well. Thank you. He gives him more credit than I think maybe he deserves. Right. Because I think what they were really doing here was just trying to make him a little bit likable after he was already dead.
0: I thought it was just him reflecting on why he thought that his partner wouldn't just give in.
1: The thing that I thought was interesting about that exchange was him saying that the uh, after he talked about you know basically. Uh, that that time goes on and on and it's going to get you, um, and there is no pause button because that's here we are bookending the beginning of the episode when Philip said that they were just hitting the pause button on the relationship
0: circle circular yes that's right
1: and uh, and so then so the flashback ends and we go back and uh, Stan is is. Uh he was having that flashback while he was waiting for his to go order at a little uh little hamburger joint. Yes. And so he takes the bags of food, goes back to the safe house, um, hands one bag to his FBI friend that was probably watching Vladimir while he was gone. So that guy gets gets a bite to eat. And uh he takes the other bag and Vladimir says, You know, what are you what are you doing? you know? And he's like, Oh, I got got dinner and I thought, you know, uh, you know, hmm, where's this going? And I thought maybe he was going to like torture the guy a little bit by sitting and eating in front of him when the guy had been starving all day or whatever. But
0: I thought the hamburger was going to be lace, especially when he said there's all kinds of chemicals in there that will kill you. Mm-hmm.
1: So once it was revealed that he, he had dinner for himself and for the prisoner, uh, that's when I wrote down the last thing in my notes. And, uh, it's a reference to a Roderick on the line episode where, uh where he talked about uh, people's impression of Americans, but uh, the, uh, he gives the guy his hamburger guy starts taking a bite. You know? Yeah. Stan says something about how it's, you know, tastes nothing like an American hamburger, but it uh, it's probably full of chemicals and stuff that'll kill you. Um, but, but you thirsty, but boy, it's good. Yeah. And then he offers the guy a drink and, uh, and, Before he did that, I wrote this line. All I wrote down was hamburger, hamburger, bang, bang. Yeah, Stan gets up, and sure enough, (laughs) yeah, right. the guy's right in the middle of a bite, and uh, Stan pulls out his gun behind the guy's. He's walked around behind the guy, and Stan pulls it out and pops the guy in the back of the head. One shot right to the back of the head, knocks the bite of hamburger right out of his mouth. So Gross. So just a little background on my reference to to Roderick it was uh, uh he was talking about we were talking about different impressions of different cultures and there was a i believe he said it was a japanese exchange student at the, or a, just a japanese student at his college and they were all hanging out and they were talking about american stereotypes of asian people and and even specifically japanese people and he, you know, the guy, the guy was not really understanding because what they wanted to know was what was the, you know, what did they think, what's the equivalent that Japanese people think of Americans? And, and he didn't really understand the question at first. And so then they kind of demonstrated their stereotype of Japanese people where they were, they were bowing and, you know, and all, and all this stuff excessively and, and, uh, and talking in a, in a, you know, terrible, you know, (laughs) caricature of a Japanese accent and uh and he said then the uh the guy said as soon as he did that, the guy understood, Oh oh, yes, and uh they said, oh so what what is america I mean, uh what what do you what do you say about Americans immediately the guy got this really wide stance and then held up his hands like finger pistols and shooter and said, hamburger hanger, hamburger, bang, bang and Roderick said they immediately all got really bummed out because they realized that yep, that's that probably is exactly what most of the world thinks of uh, of Americans. That's definitely what I think about this episode of the Americans. That's how I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to remember it as hamburger, hamburger, bang, bang.
0: Not about the safe house.
1: <laughs> Even though there was only one bang, I'm still going to remember bang, bang. Yeah, Stan doesn't believe in the double tap like we learned from Zombieland. He just needs the one shot. Gets the job done. One done. So you didn't like it, huh?
0: This is stressing me. And once again,
1: I think I was thinking you were saying that because you didn't like Dark Stan. No, because he was because I mean, he was you, dark. He got, got the dark side of Mister Beeman in this one.
0: He messed with his partner. He got a little angry. No, it's just I mean, and it goes. I mean. They messed up on the last mission because of emotions. Now they have emotions again. And it's just causing, because it's like, well, you know, Elizabeth, if you didn't, like, basically kick your husband out, if you guys decided not to, like, split up, he would have been back in at the house, and this, this craziness wouldn't have happened. And so it's like.
1: That's true. He certainly wouldn't have spent the night with Martha, would he?
0: Right. It would definitely found a way to.
1: I didn't really think about that.
0: To get home. It would have came up with something. And so, yeah, it's just like emotions are getting involved and they're fucking up.
1: Yeah. He'd have been like, Martha, that was some great sex, but I'm going to have terrible diarrhea and I can't do it in your your apartment. (laughs) I don't want to wreck your toilet. (sighs) Oh, Clark, you could wreck my toilet any time. (laughs)
0: Oh <laughs> God! But no, yes, mul- lots of emotions are taking place between the two of them. That's causing crazy things to happen.
1: My question to you is: We got this great wisdom from Amador that there is no pause button. So I interpret that in this way: There is, if there, if there's no pause button, that means you did they continue on. Or they stop the relationship. And what do you think? I mean, I know what you want, but...
0: I think what I want and what I think both need to happen. Because as I... They need to... I mean, I guess really what I want and what I think are kind of two different things. I mean, I want them to be together, but I want them to want them to be together like fully, but I think what's going to happen and what I think should happen is that they get back together and go back to the facade marriage and not try to have the... All business. Correct.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, typically I'm not a fan of situations where people pretend to be happy for the sake of the kids, but I think this is one scenario where I would support it Mostly because these poor kids have no idea all the crazy backstory and everything, so you know they they should just treat it as a job. And
0: right, I mean, it's not getting back for the kids; it's getting back for for their what? their lives before they do something stupid and get.
1: Well, and the kids are you know yeah. aren't, aren't going to be any better off if they're orphaned either. So, so yeah, they need to get back together. Even if it's fake. And get the, get the work done. Because they're a good team. They are. When they're when they're working together and the and the personal drama's not in the middle of all of it.
0: Does so Granny going to get involved and make them get back together? Granny Smith? Isn't that what they call her?
1: It's a terrible joke. Yes, they call her Granny. I'm just, you know. Now it's okay, my turn yeah, to be you, tired.
0: You're tired. <laughs> it's only like 11.45.
1: You're right. It is 11.45. So, yeah that's I was kind of curious what your uh, what your thought was I mean, because that was my interpretation was you know they didn't just drop that amador line in there for nothing, that was you know I think that was kind of a message that Philip's not gonna be living in a motel or shacking up with Martha indefinitely that's they're they're gonna nip that in the bud.
0: what was it that the wife Stan's wife said the one time when she was talking to Elizabeth
1: at the party you mean?
0: No, it was when it was just the two women and the kids because, oh, yeah. Oh, the dinner yeah, stand-in Phillip show up was, last week? Yeah, Philip was at the- Two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. Philip was up in, at the conference with his previous lover. Iliana. Yeah.
1: Irina. Irina.
0: Irina. Well, she mentioned something then about- marriage. gotta kind of be all or nothing or something.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was all that, I mean, this, so this is a recurring theme. Yeah, good call. Um, you know, so she's, we've heard it from Sandra. Now we've heard it from Amador. Apparently, everybody in Stan's universe is a relationship expert. <laughs> His mother's probably Dr. Ruth. You remember Dr. Ruth?
0: Yeah. She's still around.
1: You know, that's gonna get Googled. Let's, let's check that out.
0: Surely she's not. She's going to be old.
1: Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Yeah, I knew the name before it auto-populated.
0: Oh, she died. 87?
1: No, she's that
0: Oh, she's 87 years old? She's
1: currently 87 years old. Quit trying to make Dr. Ruth dead.
0: Sorry, she's old.
1: She trained at the Sorbonne.
0: What's her alma mater?
1: The Sorbonne. You know, in France. Oh, she went to Columbia, got her doctorate in education at Teachers College in Columbia University.
0: That was before I was born.
1: Master of Arts in Sociology at the New School. But this says the has New York Times described her as a Sorbonne-trained psychologist who became a kind of cultural icon in the 1980s.
0: Go to her a website.
1: She's a sex therapist. You know who doesn't need her? Martha and Clark. DrRuth.com. Oh, she has a Lists new book. A of love. Echoes of Ancient Mythology in the Modern Romantic Imagination.
2: Look at the oh, caricature thingy. Oh, from 2014.
1: This right here? <laughs> this little animated gif of Dr. Dr. Ruth.
0: So everyone's supposed should take her little glasses off and clean them and put them back on. It's fine.
1: Oh, the new play about the life of Dr. Ruth. What?
0: Becoming Dr. Ruth.
1: Oh, played by the mom from that 70s show. I never really watched that show, but that's a good casting choice. She kind of looks like her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, one woman show. Oh, this article's from 2012. I'm going to guess that probably didn't run for very long. That was an annoying little pop up yeah. ad that was uh, trying to escape from my mouse. Thanks, New York Times. Eat a dick. Okay. So, anything else? You want to talk about the good dinosaur? No. Thumbs up or thumbs down?
0: I think it was good. Like you said, the graphics were really good. Like yeah. the water with the rocks underneath. I mean,
1: I think it I, it was a little bit clear to me that this is a, this is a movie that, by the way, got delayed coming out because Pixar like completely scrapped it and rewrote the entire story. So it took them like I think like two years longer to make it than they originally wanted to. Um And I think the story is still a little rough. I mean, there was the middle part was kind of boring, but they definitely they did. There's definitely some good stuff in there.
0: I mean, how many times is the dinosaur gonna fall off the mountain?
1: It was it was getting a little repetitive. (laughs) The, The the their animation quality, it really is amazing. The the level they're they're achieving. I mean, the the textures, even like the dinosaur skin. And in that kind of stuff, I mean, really phenomenal. And the uh, yeah, the the scenery in this thing is just—it's unbelievable that, that it was made with computers and not just, you know, video from the real world. But uh, it's definitely the second best Pixar movie this year. Inside Out uh, was definitely better than this, but
0: uh, nobody died in on that one.
1: Correct? No, not correct. Bing Bong died. Moment of silence for Bing Bong.
0: Who's your friend that likes to play?
1: <laughs> Man, talk about tears from a Pixar movie. And I don't cry delicious candy like Bing Bong does.
0: That's a shame.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> we're we're both losing weight. It's probably,
0: probably a good thing I don't cry candy. <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't know. I've been I've been kind of a a waterworks lately uh, between Hamilton and
0: mm-hmm.
1: all this other stuff. Yes, I sat across the kitchen table from my wife last weekend and bawled over a musical,
0: which I wasn't paying attention to because the child was talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, so
0: Michelle. I can't was, tune the child out apparently.
1: So Michelle was not emotion, emotionally invested at all in the way that I had been listening to the the complete. Uh, Soundtrack to this this new Broadway hit Hamilton, from start to finish last Saturday morning, and so we come up to the finale, the last couple of songs, and and I it just you know I was total waterworks, and I look up and Michelle's just kind of looking at me like um you know like oh oh what (laughs) happened is this is this good what's wrong. Your eyes are leaking. (laughs) Uh, And then later in the day, I tried to explain to her why it was affecting me so much. And I practically broke down again, just trying to explain the damn thing. So, uh, so anyway.
0: Stop talking about it before you cry again.
1: No, I'll be fine. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, and it's been a a pretty long week work-wise and all that. So, so that, that's probably contributed to my, uh, my sensitive nature. I'm very
0: sensitive. I've had a sensitive nature recently, but we won't go down that hole.
1: No, we'll leave the going down holes to Clark. Clark. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on that perverted note, I guess we'll wrap it up for this week.
0: (laughs) Hopefully Clark wrapped it up.
1: I certainly hope so. I'm, I'm really concerned for their medical well-being, all the people on this show. I mean, his, I don't have to his, his worry about
0: Amador's gonna, anymore.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. But, I mean, Philip's ding-dong is just going to fall off at some point if he's not taking care of things.
0: Well, hopefully for <laughs> Martha, she'll keep it.
1: You're great. You know that? I'll cut <laughs> out your snort. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. You can find us at spousalprivilege.com. We're at spousalpriv on Twitter. Michelle's M. Worsh on Twitter
2: and Instagram, and I'm nerd.is. Thanks for listening.